Party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. It is Tuesday, 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 Monday's hangover. You know what it's all about. Welcome to uh, Studio 22. We're in the mothership. Kayla and Chris driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. I don't know if you guys know it or not, but Peter Ducey is a national treasure. But according to the president, he's a stupid son of a bitch. Take a look at this. That's a great asset. More inflation. That is the greatest thing to happen to Joe Biden's presidency since January 20th of last year. Hey, do you want to know what else is a son of a bitch? Inflation, supply chain issues, bare shells, high gas prices. In fact, they're the largest increase in a 12-month period since 1980. High food prices, housing prices, Afghanistan, 13 military members dead in a bombing, Americans left behind, allies abandoned, hacked pipelines, mandate shutdowns, quarantines, people being denied care and villainized in public, vaccine passports, build back better, open border, 7,647 recorded cases of rape, torture, murder, kidnapping, and violent assault towards migrants at the border. That son of a bitch can't even make a layup. Look, Donald Trump saw five bipartisan COVID relief bills passed until Biden came along every single COVID relief bill had been approved with overwhelming bipartisan support in both houses, but Biden didn't even make a pretense of pretending to negotiate. He held one meeting with Republicans February 1st, right after he got in office, and then effectively told them he didn't need their votes. He's already claiming that the 2022 elections are illegitimate. Republicans are standing with Bull Connor, George Wallace, and Jefferson Davis. Chinese jets are buzzing towers in Taiwan, and Putin's trigger fingers getting itchy in Ukraine. When Americans voted against Trump to put Biden in office, they were expecting a fulfillment of campaign promises of moderation, unity, and compromise. Instead, what they got was an unyielding, progressive, stupid son of a bitch. I love Tuesdays. Carol Roth is sitting here in the hot seat. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. That's quite the introduction. Uh, Yeah, I tell you what, we're just a bunch of stupid sons of bitches around here. Uh, What do you think about So, Carol, I'm glad you're here. We're going to get to you in a minute. But what do you think? Hot take. What do you think about that little exchange? I loved it. I mean, it's... The fact that he still has the cognitive ability to be able to say something like that. You're like, okay, <laughs> he's still with us. It's amazing. Um, I was a little bit sad that he didn't bring corn pop into it because, yeah. you know, that would have kind of brought the whole moment full circle with <laughs> corn pop. Because he was a bad dude. Right? He was a bad he dude. He ran a, a gang dude. of bad boys. Um, but but I loved it. And you know, the part that's so funny is all the people on Twitter were like, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump said this, so you can't you know, come back and be mad. It's like, we're not mad. We think it's hilarious. And we're, we're laughing at the fact that you were so outraged about mean tweets for, yeah. you know, four plus years. And now here's your guy who's supposed to be Mr. Nice Guy showing his true color. So yeah, I think it's amazing. He's lion dog face pony soldier. That's what he is. <laughs> he Look sure here, is. Jack. But you're right. Like the, 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 the left, and I, I put it on Twitter last night, I think it was, where I said, Peter Ducey, colon, national treasure, you know? <laughs> and uh, some people were like, your mom's a national treasure. I'm like, I love 
just the exchange. Like, like that doesn't hurt my feelings. That doesn't no. piss me off. I think it's fantastic. It's what should happen. I mean, the press <laughs> shouldn't be cozy with the administration. Yeah. There should be some tension there. And unfortunately, it's like a love fest of what kind of ice cream do you like? And, you know, what did you do today with your dogs? You know, like, let's get some tension in there. Let's yeah. get some pushback. I think that's a that's a very healthy thing. <clears throat> and I sent it. I sent uh, Chris. I sent the idea over to Alexander. I said, we need a T-shirt that just says Peter Ducey National Treasure. Now, granted, we're Blaze TV. He's Fox News. We might not want to be promoting another anchor, but God bless the guy. You know what they need to bring back is duels. You know, you just, why are you reading my mind? <laughs> so I was about to say that exact same thing because they're talking about getting offended. Like I've said forever, let's bring back duels. Yeah. People won't get offended anymore. No, no. I mean, we've, we've gone very soft on the whole thing. <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, we're now spitting a little fire. Let's just take the logical next step here. Yeah. You slap somebody in the face with a leather glove and tell them pistols at dawn. That's right. I like the idea. Yeah, and you get you get the number two out there. You put out a little notice instead of a scroll. You put it out on Twitter. Hear ye, hear yeah. ye. Duel at dawn. I, I always remind people, sometimes when I'm giving my Texas talks, my historic talks about Sam Houston, who was, of course, state representative in Tennessee before he came to Texas and became the president of the Republic of Texas and the first governor of Texas. But he served under Andrew Jackson. Mm. And Andrew Jackson told... Um, Sam Houston, who was about to be in a duel, he said, you bite down on a bullet, it will steady your aim. Now, Andrew Jackson, back then, whenever they had duels, if, if, if the guy who was challenged to the duel couldn't show up, you had a second. Now, that's, that's a tough guy. Yeah. Like, it ain't even your fight, but you're going to show up for your buddy to be in the duel. Andrew Jackson, at, 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 at some point at, late in his life, he had served as a second in over 100 duels. <laughs> so, so let's, so, so That's who, a different kind of America. So who wouldn't show up? Beto wouldn't show up. Be no uh, way. Right. No way. Greg Abbott wouldn't show up. He hasn't shown up to eight, eight <laughs> candidate forums that we've held so far across the state of Texas. We got five more to go. Hey, Greg, we got one in Corpus Christi tomorrow night. You should come join us. Uh, we're in Midland, Texas next week. All these candidates show up. Greg doesn't show up. I keep telling I said, you know what? If I'd show up to defend my record or, or my office, I'd show up to defend my woman. Why won't, why won't you show up to defend? You know, he's not going to do it. But there's so many there's so many panty wastes out there, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm from I'm from Chicago, so we we got our whole fair share. Like you know, we we had Rahm Emanuel, and we were upset, and we're like, he has to go. <laughs> and then we got Lori Lightfoot. So you have to be really specific when you say somebody's got to go. Yeah. You want somebody better. You guys not have a strong worse. history. Uh, yes. Rahm, uh, you had Blagojevich. You've had Rahm Emanuel. You got Lori Lightfoot. Uh, I love to make fun. I call her butthole eyes. Because she really, she really does have. So I, I call her Arnold Jackson. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? That's just who she reminds me of. I, I, I'm an '80s kid, different strokes, and that's all I can say. Did you see the video of her the other day uh, dancing out there in the street doing her little dance? I try dance? not you, to yeah, watch yeah, any yeah. videos it, of Lori Lightfoot because it's very aggravating. It is cringe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you need to be following Carol on Twitter fantastic twitter feed always fun always uh pithy to the point and and just you just know how to sling it and i love that uh at carol js roth is the twitter handle you need to be following her on there she is the author of a fantastic book called the war on small business and it specifically focuses on what happened with covid 
We saw that last year in the state of Texas uh, and across the nation. Of course, that was the worst thing that's happened historically, economically in the U.S., even worse in terms of numbers than the Great Depression in many ways in terms of job loss and so on. Uh, But just this deeming people and their businesses non-essential. It's what pushed me into the governor race uh, back in 2020 uh, was the mandates. Um, I'm in the entertainment business. We couldn't go to work because venues, theaters, bars, 51% places that rely on alcohol sales in order to run their business. You know, so, so then you had people trying to, they served you a, a two tater tots with a beer. It was a $4 tater tot and a, and a 50 cent beer. Um, what's the story on this? I, you know, is there, is there a recovery for small business in America? What do you think the attack on small business gave us? What are the results and, and where's the, what's the path forward? Yeah, I mean, it's really the most underreported story of the last couple of years because this was the most historic wealth transfer mm-hmm. of all time from Main Street to Wall Street and the already wealthy and well-connected. And like you said, we were not all in this together. We did not have broad shutdowns. What mm-hmm. they did was they targeted part of the economy, and that was largely small business, and particularly those that happened to be consumer-facing. So, you know, in Chicago, weed stores were deemed essential, even though they had been illegal a couple years ago, but, you know, your local small retailer was shut down. Um, And it was a very clever strategy from a a central planning perspective. If you're trying to sort of tamp down and say, oh, we did something, you know, if you had locked down everyone, if you had locked down Amazon's warehouse and your grocery store and, you know, all of these big box retailers and you had not come in to support Wall Street with trillions of dollars, does anybody think this would have lasted more than those two initial two weeks or three weeks? Mm. Absolutely not. But because the small business doesn't have the clout and the connections and the money to be able to lobby and give the campaign contributions, their voice went by the wayside. So the politicians got to say, oh, we're, we're doing something. But you know, it really didn't impact um, you know, the people who were you know, the big crony interests. And so it, it ended up you know, not only having the direct effect of you shutter a small business, those dollars go to the big business. But then you had the Federal Reserve coming in, printing trillions of dollars, which inflated asset prices mm. and created this, this huge differential between the two. And then now we're seeing, as you were alluding to, all the long tail issues of central planning, thinking that they could shut down a third of the economy and turn it back on like they were power cycling a modem, stuff that they contend that they didn't know was going to happen. So either they're entirely lying or they're entirely stupid, but it doesn't matter because the outcome's the same. You have your disruptions and the huge disruptions and dislocations in the labor market, disruptions in the supply chain, record inflation, and all of these issues that small business have to contend with and don't have the wherewithal because they were never compensated for the infringement on the rights, the eminent domain, we're going to take your property for the public good, you know, for for the good of society, they got, you know, crumbs. They didn't get anywhere near that compensation that should be due to them under eminent domain in the Constitution. Yeah. You had businesses that were shut down, businesses that have been around for a long time. I saw restaurants, for instance, in Fort Worth, Texas, where I live. They'd been open 75 years. Yeah. Gone. They'll never come back. People just said. And I just keep saying there's this ploy on the part of the government. To keep people down, to keep them as weak as they possibly can be. I think that was the ploy 
with the threat of $15 minimum wage. Let's keep people in starter jobs. Let's pay them enough just to keep them down. And then when the quarantines started hitting and they just started buying people off with uh, stimulus checks, now people don't want to go back to work. You can't, you can't go anywhere where there's not a help wanted sign. Or you walk into a restaurant that says, uh, please be patient with us. We're doing the best we can. Um, <clears throat> the service industry's dead in America. Pe- people just don't care anymore, unfortunately. And they're not, they're not showing up um, to work. And, and why would you? in a situation like this. Uh, so I find a lot of people out there who, a lot of people who watch this show, listen to this show, they're small business folks. Um, they're fighting as hard as they can, but they feel like the, the fed or federal government's against them. At every level of government. It's just not, not just the federal, but right. it's also state and local. And I think people, when they hear small business, they don't realize how powerful that is in terms of an economic driver for individual wealth creation. If you look before COVID at the economy, you take it split it in half, about half is concentrated in the hands of small business and half in big business. Right now, we have about 31.7 million small businesses in this country. About mm-hmm. 6 million of those have employees. The other half of the economy is concentrated in 20,000-ish big businesses. So think about that huge differential. And of course, if you're a big uh, corporate guy, you're going to say, oh, well, like, let's get in cozy with the government and let's get them to tilt the playing field. And if you're the government, you're going to say, well, I can get compliance and campaign contributions from 20,000 big businesses that control half the economy much easier than I can. 31.7 million very independent, you know, entrepreneurs. So who are you going to focus on? And I think that that point you were making about keeping people down Think about they're making it harder for people to invest in the markets. They're making it harder for people to save. They're making it harder for people to start businesses. All of these things that that are fundamental to your economic freedom and your wealth creation. At the same time, they're getting people used to being subsidized by the government. These government checks, which is a precursor to universal basic income. And that's how they consolidate their power. So a very scary economic situation. Yeah, I want to encourage people, shop local, shop small, make sure that you're supporting small business, and do the best you can to support Patriot-owned businesses. In fact, we're part of a, uh, you know, I'm a small business owner, and uh, 22Ts.com, watchchad.com. Go join the Facebook group, Patriot-owned businesses. Uh, My buddy Tim Labatsky runs that, does a fantastic job. And uh, it's a great place to network. I mean, we're already seeing, and I've got to go to a break, and later on in the show we'll talk about this, but like you see what these truckers are doing in Canada. I mean, they're shutting things down uh, as a message to Trudeau. At some point in time, it's going to take Patriot on and small business owners who are coming together and say, mm, nope, we're not going to, we're just not going to comply with a lot of this stuff that's coming our way. We're going to talk more with Carol uh, Big Price coming up in the next segment. Before we go. Probably one of the smartest things you can do right now, stock up on emergency food from My Patriot Supply. I got tons of that stuff. I'm a, I'm a fat kid. I like to eat. If things get hard, that stuff stays fresh for up to 75 year, uh, 25 years. I almost gave false advertising, Chris. 25 years. It's going to get eaten before 75. Uh, I don't know if we'll all be here in 75 years. Uh, hey, listen, My Patriot Supply, the most trusted preparedness company in America. They've served millions of families. They've earned over 47,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Right now, you can save $50 off their four-week kit. It gives you breakfast, lunch, and dinners, drinks, snacks. It's going to add up over 2,000 calories a day. 
You need to go to preparewithchad.com, get your $50 savings. Your order is going to ship fast. It's going to show up unmarked and discreet at your home for your privacy. Go to preparewithchad.com, save the $50 each four-week emergency food kit. You order $50 off. Uh, You know what's coming. You need to use today to prepare. Go to preparewithchad.com. Don't wait. Do it now. Be right back. Yeah, on tomorrow's episode, Wednesday's Hump Day, we're going to uh, have special guests all the way from England. Tommy Robinson's going to be with us uh, talking about the uh, the human tra- – listen, human trafficking is a plague all over the planet. People don't realize that, that it's happening globally. You know, we, we talk about reparations and things like that for ancestors of slaves. Listen, slavery is still happening. Um, this, this is a horrible situation when you realize the fact that Texas – Texas – is the number one state in America for human trafficking. Dallas and Houston uh, are the are Houston and Dallas are one and two respectively for uh, cities in America for human trafficking. So Tommy Robbins is going to come on. He's got a new documentary coming out. We're going to talk to him tomorrow. It'll be controversial because people say, "I can't believe you're having Tommy Robinson on. He's so far right." He's Shut up. Um, I just like talking to people, you know. Would you like me to use an English accent so that you can get used to it <laughs> in advance to, of Carol, Tommy? Because I don't understand anything they're saying. Hello, Chad. <laughs> How are you doing today? Delightful. So I'll tell you this, Carol. In running for governor, my good buddy who's helping me so much, uh, he's from Britain, Jeremy Christofferson. Shout out to Jeremy and his wife, Lauren. They're helping me so much. And Jeremy is a great patriot. He can't even vote in this country, but he loves this country. Amazing. And he just loves, he just, he's just got the right values, you know? And uh, I never understand what he's saying. But, <laughs> Did you uh, have him hold up cue cards like subtitles <laughs> so that you can get a better sense well, of what well, he's saying? We were saying. talking at the break. I have to watch every movie <laughs> with subtitles, you know, because even the, even the, uh, the heroes in these action movies, bombs are going off and they'll still be whispering. And I'm like, nobody does that in real life. Yeah, we started with Peaky Blinders. Did you mm-hmm. ever see Peaky Blinders? Yeah, I didn't know what they were saying we had either. No idea. So we had to go there. And then from there, I was like, oh, this is really great. So now, like, I'll watch a sporting event and <laughs> put on, except for when I'm watching uh, football and Chris Collinsworth is commentating. And then the mute button goes You got to go mute. Yeah, then it's, yeah. You got to go mute. Yeah. Uh, Chris Collinsworth gets on my nerves. <laughs> um, they, I, they and they had him. I was listening to Sirius XM the other day, and Kenny Chesney's. You know, I just scanned through. Kenny Chesney was having Chris Collinsworth on as a guest DJ, and I was like, w- w- "I delete that station right there." I mean, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Probably, it's just. The voice and the commentary, which is his job, and yeah. I do not enjoy it. No, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, so uh, one of the hosts at CNN minimized Biden's insulting Fox News reporter, but uh, uh, had a different reaction whenever Trump did the same thing. Always. So, of course, Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter looks like a thumb. You know, he just looks like a thumb. I find that to be the least offensive part of him. <laughs> that guy's something else. Can you believe he's only like 36 years old? That's it. Again, again, you know, he he can't help that. And he can go and he can get plastic surgery and he can look better. But how does he change the fact that everything that he says is like the ultimate cognitive dissonance? Yeah, no, he's horrible. 
It's horrible. He said, first, let's stipulate that this is not the most important thing that happened at the White House on Monday. Far from it. Second, totally let's disagree. recognize totally that, disagree. <laughs> that the Twitter-type <laughs> excitement over Biden's profane comment about Fox's Peter Ducey is a reflection of the fact that people feel like they rarely hear real and unscripted remarks from politicians. And third, let's acknowledge that Fox is milking this exchange for all it's worth. Um, then... Uh, well, we had four years of real and unscripted, and yeah. he complained and whined like a little baby about it. Yeah. You know, I've always said Trump had so much power. I mean, there's never been a president who could sit on the toilet at 3.30 in the morning in the West Wing of the White House, <laughs> you know, just spray painted orange, the whites of his eyes, the bikini tan line, whatever, <laughs> and, and just tweet something and control the news cycle for 36 hours, yeah. like a laser pointer to cats. And they just went everywhere, everywhere he pointed. And it didn't matter it. what it was. It could be anything. literally anything. Cafe. Yeah, it could be it could be F G X Y Z, you know, and that what does it mean? What is is this a code? Is he trying to say something? No. Well, I mean, I remember when Trump back in uh, 2018, he called Chuck Todd a sleepy son of a bitch. Right. And I was like, okay, but that's that's, uh, you know, they went nuts over that, including Brian Stelter. Stelter (laughs) went nuts over that. Uh, And all of those guys went crazy. That doesn't bother me. No. I, I mean, it's it's like, okay, real talk. We, I mean, want, my we God. want something a little fun. That Like this whole th- politics has become too much of a sport. It's become too much of a religion. Yeah. Like people need to back off. But if we are going to follow it, we need some moments of humor. We need some realness. I'd much rather hear that real talk, like you said, than this yeah. kind of scripted BS that we all know is not true. And anybody that thinks that uh, I'm uptight, just go back and watch last Monday's episode where I talked about Joy Reid. <laughs> And they had to bleep me seven times. Um, I, I'm I'm the least politically correct person out there. I have no filter. My fit my foot fits easily into my mouth. Yeah. I do it over and over again. But I'm unapologetic about it. Right. I'm unapologetic. Uh, and I'll tell you something that happened to me. And this is something you talk about attacks on small business. So I made a post yesterday on Facebook about two shows that I had coming up in March in Modesto, Methdesto. Shouldn't say that. I like the people in Modesto. There's some good folks out there. Um, but you need to get your shit together. You need to get your <laughs> shit together, okay? As well as Redding, California. I canceled both of those shows, and I've been to, been to these theaters numerous times, but they implemented mask mandates and vaccine passports to be able to come to my show and i said there's no way i'm going to have somebody go through a medical procedure in order to come to one of my goofy shows right no way i'm going to do that and so people were going to buy tickets and they were like ah that was a popping up and they're like sorry we can't come so we cancel the whole thing and so i made a post saying hey these guys these venues have to get their stuff together got to get their act together and of course my agent calls me on the phone. He's like, dude, these, these guys that own these venues, or they run these venues, you know, they're city-owned. They love you. Right. It's the city's problem. And I said, well, but still, everybody's bowing down to these dictatorships, which goes back to the small business thing. You know, I can't believe that these venues, these theaters, these performing arts places, as well as bars, live music, whatever, are bowing down to these mandates. It was the craziest part of all of COVID to me. I remember February 2020, I was talking with my husband and we were saying, oh, you know, there's thing it's going on in China and it's going on in Europe now. Like what happens if it comes here? Do you think that we could really, you know, get compliance for a couple of weeks? And we were both like, no way. There's no way Americans are going to comply with that. Yeah. The fact that they did was shocking. I mean, we all know the names of the Shelley Luthers and the Attilas Gyms and the handful of small businesses that stood up and said, 
I'm not going to do this. And the reason we do is because there's so few and far between. Again, 31.7 small businesses, or 7 million small businesses. You would think you'd have more people standing up, whether or not your business was affected, to stand you know, in concert and go, you know, this is not right. You can't do this. Yeah. And the fact that so many of them were just willing to comply and, and Instead of going, I'm sorry, I'm going to sue. You owe me more money if you're going to shut me down. I'm not going to you know, bend over backwards. And if any of this rationally made sense, then maybe you could understand. Mm. But the fact that we know that if you're vaccinated <clears throat> or unvaccinated, you can still get the virus and you mm -hmm. can still spread the virus. And we know that cloth masks aren't effective and 95 probably are but you know we we know these things we have 2 years of data and yeah. you know a lot of data on other coronaviruses and they're still sticking to the script and people are still going along with it. And it's yeah. pretty maddening. Getting the juice and the boost, baby. Uh, and people are lined up for it. I mean, in lining up for these tests, which is silly, I, that, I still can't get over these people in five degree weather lined up down the street just to go with see if they are sick. a bunch of people who also think they're sick. Yeah, I'm going to go line up with a bunch of people who that with a highly contagious <laughs> virus. It's a super spreader event. Going to get tested is a super spreader. <laughs> All people who think that they have it standing in a line. Oh, Anyway, going to take a quick break. Uh, before we go, hey, this goes out to all you parents out there. Uh, you want your kids to have good, wholesome entertainment, maybe even learn some things along the way. Annie's Kit Clubs makes it easy to give your kids fun and interactive projects to keep their minds working and their hands off of those devices. Uh, their newest club, the Genius Box, is a great way to encourage their curiosity, introduce them to different STEM fields. Each month, your young scientist is going to get a new box full of three hands-on activities. They're going to explore things like geology, chemistry, aerodynamics, a whole lot more. It's perfect for all kids ages 7 to 12. I wish we could have had those uh, Genius Boxes when my kids were smaller. I just had to make them geniuses myself, Chris. Uh, I love Annie's Kit Club. The top secret mission envelopes in every box is going to walk your kids through amazing projects like designing a hovercraft, examining fossils, or building robots your kids are going to have so much fun they won't even know they're learning go to annieskitclubs.com slash chad i'll save you 50 percent off your first box that's annieskitclubs k-i-t-clubs.com slash chad annieskitclubs.com and we will be right back Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, well, you know, today in the land of the free and the home of the brave, we are witnessing the death of reason and bad news. Some of its blood is on our hands. There's a proposed bill in California right now that would allow children 12 and older to get the blah, blah, to get the vaccine without their parents' consent. Now, like me, your first response to this is probably to roll your eyes and say, of course, that's what's going on in California. Why wouldn't they do that? And you're right. If ever there was a shining beacon on a hill of how to destroy the very foundation upon which democracy at large and our republic in particular was built, it is the great state of California. Honestly, I don't even think we have to wait for the big one to shake them off the map. The handbasket they're going to hell in ought to get them there shortly enough. So let's start by pointing out the obvious and working our way to the not so obvious. This notion, folks, uh, is some grade A, high octane, high calorie, low fiber bullshit. 
The business of supplying incrementally increased agency to our children has never been the mandate of the state. It is the God-given duty of parents from the time they bring a child into the world until the time they set that child free upon it to make decisions for their kids. You know it. I know it. We all know it. It's common sense. And what's really terrifying is that these legislative nincompoops now, they know it too. And as always, forever and ever, amen, we must bear in mind that by and large, they don't care about your kids. They don't care about your kids. They care about gaining control through subverting the dominant paradigm. Now, if someone ever invents a drinking game for this show, people are going to end up in the hospital when I say subverting the dominant paradigm, but it's true. So here's the maybe not so obvious part. When Orwell was writing about the Soviet Union in the guise of his futuristic dystopian society in the book 1984, he made a powerful statement that was in real life an observation. It was in the government's interest to make sure that parents cared about their children, but that children did not care about their parents, that those children, in fact, they would, in fact, denounce their parents in a moment and condemn them to certain death if called upon to do so by the state. Like wolves, those who seek power for themselves will cull the younglings from the rest of the herd of sheep. There really is nothing new under the old son of ours. This precisely, this is precisely what you're seeing with things like this proposed bill in California. It's evil, it's insidious, it's dangerous, it preys upon minds that aren't even fully formed yet. We've made this argument time and again with everything from abortion to transgender surgeries, hormone treatments. It's the same, uh, it's, it's the same bad time on the same bad channel. So why, you might ask, is there blood on our hands? Well, in a word, it's apathy. I don't mean that you and I don't care about this. We're sitting here talking about it, so clearly we do. But what are we going to do about it? I've been telling you for a long time now, you got to get your kids out of public schools. That's one thing. It's not just because they're in a place where for eight hours a day you have no control over what they do or what happens to them, although that's huge too. It's also because they're in a place where they are actively being brainwashed to think and do things that are not in their best interest or that of society. As a matter of fact, this has to stop. By not addressing this every day in our lives and working to root it out of our system at every possible turn, we're slouching our way to a kind of intellectual and even spiritual Armageddon. If California wants to destroy themselves, that's one thing. But the problem is what Dan Carlin once called an intellectual contagion. It's here, it's viral, it's spreading. You want to inoculate yourself and your kids, do it from that. Folks, I said this to you last week on the show. You remember in October, you don't remember it, but you remember I said October 1917 when the Bolsheviks took over Russia, their immediate response was to start removing children from the families and put them in orphanages that dotted the landscape of the Russian land, uh, the, the Russian countryside. And their whole agenda was to create good communists. And when those children came out of those orphanages, let me tell you something, they had no problem working for the KGB as interrogators, as uh, mercenaries, as executioners, and just agents of the state. Real good tattletales for the family. So it's happening in California, folks, and you can call it what you want. Say, well, it's for the good of the health of society and in general, you know, as a whole. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's indoctrination, and you're going to suffer from it. I promise you. Uh, George Orwell didn't know he was writing such a prophetic book, but in fact, he understood human nature, and now it's coming back around. It happened in Lenin and Stalinist Russia. It's happening again in Western civilization throughout what we used to call the free world. It's not free anymore, folks. It's not free. You live in, you live in Chicago. Whew. You know. Yes.
you know. It's scary because it not only undermines the rights of parents, it also undermines their responsibilities. Yeah. And this is all central planning, big government. They don't want you to think that you have any responsibilities. They don't want you to believe what yours is rightfully yours. That is how they gain power, and that's how they get an entire takeover. Um, and it's really frightening. I'm not a conspiratorial type, yeah. but you don't have to be. They're out there. You know, they're saying the quiet part aloud. They are actually saying things like, you know, you should you shouldn't as a parent uh, know what's being taught. The kids don't really belong to you. They belong to society. No, no, pretty sure they belong to you. They're yeah. your kids. Hey, listen, the state was not in the delivery room while you were clawing your eyes, clawing the eyes out of your husband. Uh, in in the middle of trying to get that you know eight pound bowling ball out of a dime sized hole, I they they weren't there for that, but yet they think that they have control. Look, let's look at all of your property. No one in America owns property. No one. Everybody rents it to some degree from the government. So you know they're going to come after your kids. I mean, we're the only creatures on the planet that pay to live here. It's insanity. It's surprising to me that we haven't had more pushback against property taxes, that yeah. people haven't come back and said, you know what? This Our is founding un- fathers this, are rolling this is, over yeah, in their graves. This is unconstitutional. Like, this is not a thing. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and people say, well, we've got, as what's amazing to me on the campaign trail is how many people fight for them. Boy, you can't get rid of that. You, oh, no, we can get <laughs> rid of it. You're just going to have to figure out another way to pay for the things you're using. And right. believe it or not, we will figure out there's 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 great minds out there that know how to make the earth flat so we can drive on it. Well, not only that, you know, when you're locked in like that, you have no choice. You have no competition. We all know that we are better off in terms of pricing, in terms of innovation when you have competition and you have more than one choice instead yeah. of force and coercion. So, yes, you may still need those services, but you want to be able to have the flexibility to choose to pay for those in the way that you want to pay for them. Yeah, and, and not or trust, do it yourself and not trust the government to do a mediocre job, right. which is what we've come to rely on. I think that's being generous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, to say they're doing mediocrity would be to, an excellent outcome to say they're fair to Midland is an overstatement. <laughs> Um, no, but it really is. And, um, and so, obviously, to the degree that they can brainwash the next generation, um, the more they're going to put up with garbage like this. And there's going to be even less pushback than, as you mentioned. So, like, I love everybody keeps sending me messages. Do you see what these truckers in Canada are doing? Yes, I do. I, I'm getting 500 messages a day. I, yes, I trust me. I know what's going on in Western Canada, and I'm proud of them. We're trying to find ways that we can support them. I mean, they got a 70 mile uh, convoy going right now, just shutting down Ottawa in yeah. uh, a big F you to Trudeau. Um, truck you, Trudeau. That's, that's, that's my <laughs> new slogan with these guys. I love um, it. Truck you, Trudeau. But no, this, and these people, and we're going to talk about it in the next segment after we go to break. These people, these, these, um, these um, viral Karens, I call them that because they're so scared. They're so scared of the virus, right? Everything from masking to mandates to distancing and all this. And they, these people are going crazy, and they, they love Fauci. Like, there's no distrust of big pharma or big medicine or any of that kind of tyranny going on. They're defending it. They're defending it. It's, uh, a, it's a pandemic of crazy. We have mass crazy going. No, it's true. We have mass yes. crazy in a way that I've never seen it before. I mean, you know, we, we used to have kind of like a, a small amount of crazy. It is mass it's crazy. It's everywhere. 
It's on you display. Can't avoid it. That's why I wrote a book called Am I Crazy? It's exposing. And the answer the, is yes. The nonsense. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you got to be the right kind of crazy. Uh, but God, it, the asylums are empty. Uh, hey, listen, if someone relies on your financial support, whether it's a child, aging parent, or even a business partner, you need some life insurance. Life insurance can give you peace of mind. That if something happens to you, your loved ones would have a financial cushion to pay for things like rent, mortgage, uh, loans, education costs, everyday expenses. Uh, having coverage through your job may not be enough. Most people need up to 10 times more to properly provide for their families. Typically, life insurance gets more expensive as you age, so it's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later. You need to, uh, you need to uh, head over to policygenius.com slash Chad and answer a few questions about yourself. In a matter of minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. You can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate for you at every step until you're covered. Policy Genius doesn't add on the extra fees. Policy Genius doesn't sell your info to third parties. And since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed $120 billion in coverage. Head to policygenius.com slash Chad. Get your free life insurance quote. See how much you could save. Policygenius.com slash Chad. Be right back. Speaking of kissing Anthony Fauci's old dimpled ass, uh, Stephanie Rule, I I don't know how you say her name, Uh, she says, uh, you make us smarter and safer and better every day. Which, by the way, let me remind everybody that before World War I, they actually encouraged people to look in the mirror in the morning and 20 times say to themselves in every day every day and in every way you are getting better and world war one came and crushed that type of humanism and that idea of getting better because it man's inhumanity to man and stuff uh watch this clip dr fauci first and foremost i always want to say thank you for being here and more importantly thank you for your life's work thank you for all that you do now please help us today we're starting to see cases decline overall that is amazing news in your estimation has omicron reached its peak (laughs) Well, it certainly reached this peak in certain regions of the country. I have to ask you about how dangerous the anti-vax movement is, because it's not just about getting the shot. Two weeks ago in a congressional hearing, you went into detail about the threats you face every day. Again, just yesterday, we heard these people go after you, go after President Biden. Do we are we underestimating how dangerous, how potentially violent this anti-vax movement is? And what's it like for you day after day? Well, I am sincerely appreciative that you are not walking away from this post. You make us smarter and safer and better every day. Thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. I have people who work for me that do not kiss my ass on that level. I mean, so much for accountability of government officials. Just like, you know what? I wish you had two assholes so I could blow more smoke up them. I I mean, this kind of thing is cringeworthy. I want to say he's going to need a colonoscopy to remove her because she is so far up. His She's worse than a hairless gerbil at a gay Chad, camp. 
how do, how do I thank you? We get so much great information <laughs> for you. Oh my God, I really, I just, I'm going to come, I'm going to wash your feet every day. Thank you. I mean, it's like, it's disgusting. Here's the worst part for me because you know, I spent a year and a half deep dive researching everything that happened, chronicling it you know, from major you know, left-leaning media outlets yeah. primarily. Um, and Fauci came on into an interview and, and told us that he lied to us right. multiple times about that. I mean, this is not me speculating. He, we actually have clips of him saying this. And he has misled intentionally people for his, whatever his reasons, his morally correct reasons. And the fact that they're still fawning all over him is unbelievable to me. Yeah. The, the fact that he hasn't been held to account for the danger and the things that he has done, that he still has a job and that now, you know, she's up his behind 17 yeah. inches. It's <laughs> unbelievable to me. Where no man has gone before. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Rule. I, I don't. Is that how you say her last name? Rule. Yes. Rule. Yes. I showed you how much I watch MSNBC. Yeah. She. She's also, you know, not not to go after any particular person, but just you know, in terms of, of information, you know, she has a, a former um, financial background, has also said some pretty suspect things yeah. about inflation and the economy as well. So she's definitely she's, she's towing AO, the party line. She's for an sure. AOC economist. <laughs> uh, I lump her into the fu category of Joy Reid. Uh, give me a TikTok, Chris. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. What are you guys doing? Get out. What are you guys doing? Get out. What's wrong with you? Don't touch me. Don't you have to. Do not touch me. Get out. Do not touch me. I'm not touching you. Oh, did you just hit me? Did you just hit me? You just hit me. You just hit me. You too? Wow, you thought zombie movies were fiction. Uh, <laughs> these chicks are off their rockers. I mean, assaulting, assaulting a black dude in an elevator. Um, and you, oh, you notice, uh, Carol, how they, they always, when they get pissed off, they snatch the mask off of their own face. And go at it like they can't talk through them. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens when Elizabeth Warren takes over Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the outcome. You let her take over all kinds of things and it just goes in the wrong direction. Oh, my gosh. Never get... Never get on an elevator with Foca Honky. <laughs> Foca Honky. I mean, I don't like to get on the elevator with people. A, because I don't I, like people. B, because yeah. they always talk to me. Sometimes it's a security <clears throat> issue. But if you see the Elizabeth Warren Karen Brigade, you're standing <laughs> there. That's like cross the street, walk on the other side. You don't know yeah. what's about to go down. I have no problem with social distancing. Distancing. Like, I am okay with that. I, I want to keep my space. Um, you know, I have people like Trump is going to be in, in Texas on Saturday and everybody's like, you know, I'm, I've got VIP invitation to go to this thing. And I'm like, I don't want to. I just don't want to be around people. I have yeah. to be around people for a living. And right now I just yeah. don't want to be around people. I used to keep people away from me with like a good eye roll. A bit. <laughs> 
<laughs> but now you just fake cough. Now you just go, yeah. I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll stay away from you. So we're, especially <laughs> in a grocery store, because, you know, they like to get that cart oh, and yeah. bang that into especially you. So, at Whole Foods. so I, I feel like, you know, out of this whole thing, that's the one positive aspect we can take away. We can continue to keep <laughs> our distance from each other. But do beware of the Karens. This is why you got to be following yeah. Carol J.S. Roth on Twitter at Carol J.S. Roth. Oh, hang tight. We'll be right back. That's right. All right, I want you to go to watchchad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is. And I want you to get Carol's book, uh, The War on Small Business. Make sure you get that book. How many? You got two books, right? I have two books, The Entrepreneur Equation and The War on Small Business. And so we're going to say, if you can, buy it from a small business bookseller. If you don't know one, bookshop.org is online. It will fulfill from a small business. So if you're lazy and you don't want to actually walk in there, there's still a way that you can support small businesses when you buy your books. Awesome. I love it. Hey, uh, we're going to be with you tomorrow. Wednesday is going to be hump day. We're going to have fun. And I want to remind you, subscribe at chadnude.com. That's right, chadnude.com. It's basically my OnlyFans. You'll see. Uh, And then go shopping, chadonblaze.com. And uh, see you on Tomball, Texas, Thursday night. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you then. Bye.